Warning, this show has been known to cause certain side effects in listeners and participants alike. Symptoms include a positive outlook on life, wanting to try new things, and a renewed faith in humanity. Enjoy at your own risk. Hey there, and welcome to the I Like to Like Things podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and thanks for joining me. I don't think I have to tell you that the world can be a dark and scary place for us all. I'm here to help you get through the miasma of that negativity one episode at a time. And to accomplish this, I have a guest tell me about their favorite thing, and we get to share in their enthusiasm. Now, the catch is I'm not already a fan of their thing. However, I've learned that it's easy to like something as long as I had an excited person explaining why it was great. And so this podcast and all its potential positive feelings is born from that. Now, for today's episode, we have, for the first time, a non-podcast host. Crazy. I know. Uh, Nate Bowles, one of my oldest friends. Hey, Nate. How's it going, bud? Hey, I'm doing good, Chris. How are you doing? Doing doing fantastic. This is this is a good day. I just get done playing, um, playing baseball with uh, with the girls and so uh, they're getting better oh, and nice. better every day yeah so they're really bringing the heat bringing the thunder uh, <laughs> so it's been a it's been a good day it's been a good day gosh okay so I'm 37 you're 36 right at the time of recording. Uh, 35 35 okay 35 so we have I have known you since I was 20 I was 20 when we met so we've known each other for 17 years isn't that oh, crazy gosh. That's yeah, insane, insane. It, I know, right? One, we're getting older. Two, like, it's just, oh man, it's just so funny to think. Yeah, you're one of my oldest friends. It, it's, it, I think what feels weird about it is that I'm always so comfortable around you. You're such, you're such like a, a fun, charming guy that it doesn't feel like 17 years. It's still like, I still feel like, you know, it was just the other day we were hanging out together being nerds at CSUB and you know doing all that fun stuff but it, I, I had not done the math yet so thank you for reminding me of my mortality there Chris because that's, that's definitely something I need <laughs> right I, it has definitely been something that's been on my mind a lot more than normal is like oh man that's right age gray hair all, I mean we're still we're still so young I mean it's just it's ridiculous oh, like we really are but totally. it's just like uh, but it's just so funny to think about the fact that, like, oh, right, that's right. We met when we were 20 and 19 or yeah. 18. Yeah. And, yeah. oh, my gosh, it's just nuts. Pro tip, don't look at the photo. Yeah. <laughs> right. Who are the, these children? You're looking suffering. Who are these children? Oh, wait, that's not. Well, like, Elisa and I both, like, it's kind of like a normal thing. Whenever we see someone under the age of 30, it's like, what are they, 12? Are they 12 years old? <laughs> yeah. It's always... We saw someone driving. We, Elise and I have been taking a ton of like long walks and hiking and stuff to, to get oh, ready nice. for the end of the end of the pandemic in which we can go emerge into the world like like butterflies from a cocoon. No and kidding. we saw someone we saw someone driving by in a truck out here by our by our house and we're like, wait, why is that why is that little kid driving a it's like, oh my gosh, that's right, you know, people <laughs> people drive at 16 or 17 or whatever and so it's just like oh that's right it's like what is that that's what right, is that yes. baby oh my gosh <laughs> oh man i remember i speaking of cars i still totally remember your your that 
What was that truck you drove? You called it the Dharma Bum, is what you called it. Yeah. What was it? <laughs> it was a 93 Toyota T100. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And it was, I mean, that thing, I don't think I ever drove in it. I don't think I ever rode in it. <laughs> Isn't that weird? It was, it was, it was a mattress with a tiny truck bed, <laughs> like, or a matchbox, I should say. Yeah. So I saw one on the road yesterday. I hadn't seen one in years, and I'm looking at this thing, going, "Oh my god, that's like a go kart." <laughs> you want to know something funny? I do want to know something funny. I crammed the the worst one of the craziest things I had to drive home. Uh, to, you know, for a listening audience, two of our other friends who are also large gentlemen as myself. You remember, remember Tony and Sean? Yeah, big dudes. Yeah, big dudes. And we're all crammed in this tiny, tiny little bench seat. I don't, we all had to like suck in our guts at once just to close the door. (laughs) I don't know how. Oh boy. Yeah. So at the time, at the time of this, because we, me, Elise and I have been looking for a new car too. Uh, just like we want like a truck or something, but like we're, we're going back and forth. I'm pretty sure that because we, we were going to go solar soon. So it's like, okay, now is the time to get an electric car. But also we kind of need yeah. a truck just for all the different things that we do. So it's like, and the cyber truck hasn't come out. But then, so we've been looking at some cars and then the, the me, I'm, I am a big guy, but at the, at the time of this recording, I've lost 55 pounds the last couple months. Oh, wow. So like, yeah, it's so like my body shape has changed. So like we were looking at these like gigantic trucks. It's like, I didn't want one, but at the time that's really the only thing I could fit in and be comfortable. So it's like, so I told her, okay, let's wait off for a little bit. Let's wait until like I've lost my goal weight, which at, at the rate I'm going, I should hit it by her birthday in August. So, which is great. Mm-hmm. So I said, let's let's just wait a couple more months and then we'll look for a car when I feel like, okay, this is probably the size I'll be for a good amount of time and uh anyway so so we have so because of my gut we have not bought a new car or a new truck or anything so um yeah but i, I know, feel like it's i know best. that feeling speaking of traveling uh my buddy yeah. one of my oldest friends nate what is your thing so my thing is Huel Hauser. Huel Hauser. And he's the famous for the father of Neil Patrick Harris's character, Doogie Hauser. And <laughs> naturally. <laughs> naturally. <laughs> the, I know, the only thing I know about this guy is that he's not Rick Steves. That's the only thing I know about him. <laughs> oh, no. And so that is it. So, so, but educate me. When did your love of Huel Hauser? begin and kind of explain people who he is. Okay, first off, I was trying really hard not to just counterpoint this guy with Rick Steves, but you opened up that Pandora's box, so I, I just I just gotta... The Rick Steves episode is great. I love Rick Steves, too. Huel is a similar concept in as much as he's a, he's a dude with a camera and he travels. But Rick Steves is polished and sophisticated and really, really well edited. Huel Hauser is literally just <laughs> a goober with a camera and a, a cameraman and a mic. And he's, he's happy and he's just, oh, and he's got this amazing Southern accent. So fair warning, 
if, like I think he's from Tennessee originally. Fair warning, if you get into Huel Hauser, you're going to start doing Huel Hauser impressions. And <laughs> you'll be able to find out how much other people love Huel Hauser based upon whether or not you're doing impressions with each other. Because it, it's just, it's impossible. It's impossible. Would you, I mean, I, I feel weird. It, it, I honestly feel a little self-conscious doing a Huel Hauser impression with somebody who's new to Huel. It's almost like a secret handshake thing, but... You know, for those of you out there who know Huel Hauser, he has all these catchphrases that he says all the time, and it's things like, well, golly, look at that. You mean <laughs> to tell me that you can, whatever it is he's interviewing, you know, like like he's at a rose farm in Wasco. You mean to tell me that you've got over 500 tons of roses in this refrigerator? Roses. 500 tons like and he's um he's he's just he's just bright-eyed and happy to talk with anybody and he's just completely genuine 100% of the time he's fascinated by whatever little thing he does and so with his with his programs he travels to just different I don't want to say random but just different little quirky things all up and down mostly the state of California. Like his his major program was called California's Gold and it aired oh. on PBS. See, okay, yeah. that I've heard of. I've heard of that. And I know that. Okay, now oh, okay. that you say this, I bought my dad. Do you I mean you probably remember do you remember my dad was because like since we're you know friends in real life, do you remember when my dad was like yeah. super obsessed with the ridge route over over the grapevine? Yeah. Do you remember that? I do actually. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And so we were trying our darndest to try and figure out a way. Okay, uh, now this is very California specific. There is something called the I-5, and it go, it basically bridges uh, Los Angeles and the rest of Southern California to the you know anything above uh, uh, above Los Angeles. So Bakersfield, of course, is very very close north of Bakersfield. We had to go over this place called the Grapevine, and it's a whole it's a big mountain range called the Temblers. And it's it's sizable. It's a sizable mountain. And yeah. so you used to have before they built the I five, you had to do this like two day long drive over the ridge route is what it was called. And like you had to yep. like bring gas and like the, I mean we we're talking about this was a hundred years ago. Anyway, the ridge route is still maintained. And so anyway, I know this because my dad got obsessed with it. Well, anyway, I remember I bought on DVD for him. Now I think it was Cal something called California Gold. So that must have been on the ridge route. So it must have been Huel Hauser then, right? Obviously. That was his program because what he used to do before he retired, and sadly he died shortly after he retired, um, tragically, of prostate cancer. But Oh, that's so sad. Uh, I didn't know that. Man. Yeah. No, no, he passed away. But he died at the age of 67. He died a couple of years ago. He That, that was his thing is that he, he would just drive to different, you know, he would go to different places in California and interview people about whatever so if you if you live in california or if you've been in california or if you're thinking about traveling to california and you want to know about stuff to do in la there are hundreds of huel hauser episodes california's gold or visiting with huel hauser was another program he did um if you want to know about state parks he's been to oh. all of them there's probably a huel hauser episode if you want to know, if you want to know where good restaurants are, if you want to know where classic old time, like joints that have been around for a hundred years are, he's been to them. Um, 
you want to know more about Knott's Berry Farm, he's got at least one or two episodes about Knott's Berry Farm. You know, uh, so it, it's not surprising to hear that he has an episode about the Ridge Route because it's just part of California's gold. So enough said. <laughs> I didn't realize that he was so state specific. Now I'm sure he's been to other places because, like, when we look at like the especially the difference between him and like Rick Steves. Or someone like Andrew Zimmern, who is one of my favorite guys. And actually, that's who you're going to grow up to be, by the way. I don't know if I've ever told you that. You're going to be Andrew Zimmern when you're oh, older. Yeah. yeah and, yeah, uh, no, I which is, yeah. Oh, I, I, you're better looking. You have a lot more hair um, than he does. So, I'm already saying, winning. <laughs> yeah, you're already winning. Congratulations. Uh, but they're much more international, <laughs> um, like Europe and everything. So, he's very much more uh, like US. And of course, the Golden State, heck yeah, represent California. Right. Uh, no. yeah. <laughs> but when you talk about California, there is so much diversity in in how like each area is like like in Bakersfield, you know, where we both grew up. It's it's desert. But then like it's also ag. But then you can go to the high desert then you can go to the coast. You can go to national parks. You can go to the mountains. You can go to lakes like there, there's every single different type of biome exists in California in some way or another. And so like you can miss out if you're just at if you're just a beach person or if you're only here for Disneyland or whatever. Like there's so much random stuff. So like did you watch this with your dad? Like was that where you, you started watching it? All the time. Um so we were we were a PBS family and yeah. I don't even really remember how it started, but you, we started watching an episode one day and the next thing I know well, for years, I have all these memories of being a kid and sitting around the TV and any time a Hugh Hauser episode was on, it didn't matter what he was doing. We'd sit and we'd watch. And, you know, it, it, it was just like this family family bonding experience. We could we we appreciated the travel of it. We appreciated seeing the cool stuff. But honestly, it's really more about just watching him interact with people and, you know, his his quirks and stuff. But we all do Heelhauser impressions with each other, and to this day, <laughs> to this day, it's a thing. We might be driving down the road, and we'll see something, and we'll be like, "Golly, that's a lot <laughs> that's of the- whatever." You know, <laughs> look at all these windmills. Like, <laughs> that's so good. I mean, that, that's the type of stuff that, like, especially as a as a dad, and but then also as a son too. You have all those funny things that your parents do, and they're. And it's funny because, like, you think that you're the only ones that do them. Like, you have, but like, you know, there are other yeah. people that do. Now that you know, like, Hugh Hauser stuff is going to be probably, it, it's, and it's, it, it's going to be shared by a lot of different people, but it creates these huge yeah. memories. Uh, that's huge. so funny. And I assume then that it's fairly kid friendly, then, the show, obviously. It's, 100%. It's I remember I remember having days where it was raining outside at school and so we couldn't have recess and they would wheel in the TV on the cart and put in an episode of Hugh Hauser. Yes, that's he was part of that library. The the wheeling in of the TV, it might as well have been just someone walking with a million dollars and just say, like, here you go. Exactly. It's it's the same feeling like you knew that that day was gonna be off the hook what's it gonna uh-huh. be and then like well, uh, yeah so for you it could be Hugh Hauser for us it was like almost always I swear it was the Rats of Nim 
was always what my teacher oh, would, would wow. okay. yeah, always what it would be. And so I, that was always a blast. Uh, yeah, it was always Rise of Nim. Nice. Or it was Christmas and we got to watch some type of Christmas, you know, Christmas movie or whatever too. Right, yeah. Oh man. Yep. Yeah, now the, the kid, I mean, uh, the girls, they have, their teachers have like projectors and smart screens and stuff, but it's still like they know that when that screen isn't on like their canvas and, and things like that, that means uh -huh. that like, oh, it could be because like when when you know Christmas parties were still a thing, we would go in and they'd always be watching like Polar Express or or whatever, and they'd be like Friday, Dad, it's Friday, we might be able to watch a movie at the end of the day. It's like yes, baby, the the joy, the joy is is continuing. <laughs> Definitely. What where can you see? Like, is it so? Is is it replay on PBS or is it on? Like, where could someone see it? They replay it on PBS. You can find all the best of clips and highlights. Because I'll be honest, sometimes it's hard to get through a full episode of Huel Hauser. Sometimes it's kind of hard. So a good introduction might be to just go to YouTube and find best of clips from some really funny moments to help get you into it. But he also developed this relationship with Chapman University. Like, he didn't go there. Oh, from yeah. what I, if I remember correct, yeah. From what I remember correct, if I remember correctly, he he went to whatever. I'm so terrible at this. He went to whatever city it is that Chapman University's at, and they wrote to him. They were like, "Oh, you should have come visited us." And he, I guess, he was so moved by it that he just donated lots of money to the university. I just read he donated a house to the university and like outside of Palm Springs. He, his entire video archive for California's Gold is hosted on their website. Really? The Chapman University website. Yeah. So you can watch it for free. It's out there. It's out there. That, see, okay, that's so interesting to develop such a close relationship like that. And it, and it, and it wasn't because he was seeking it out. It just happened to be that they, yeah. you know, just like, hey. Hey, let's be best friends. Are we best friends? Right. Yep. We're, we're so much room for activities. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, to just by happenstance decide to befriend you. Let's be friends. I mean, I think that's what you just said right there is a perfect summary of Huel Hauser, like a life motto. Let's be friends and let's explore. Gosh, that's such a powerful thing. Yeah. By the time this is released, there's a good chance that Elise and I can can start to move about the state. <laughs> we can we will be free to move about the about the place. So this is probably going to sound a little less evergreen, but it will be nice to have some places that are not too far away from us that we might be able to go oh, yeah. to. Yeah, that's what's really nice. So like, what are some of your favorite episodes? What are some of the ones that you really really like? Okay, so I've got I've got a list here. I've broken up this list into different sort of buckets so one there there's an LA bucket he has he lived in LA and we as a family we would travel to places that he visited in LA so he does a great episode on uh, LA farmers market next to CBS studio the episode on little Tokyo like you know mochi ice cream yeah I don't like it I know it's I'm yeah I really yeah <laughs> no no that's okay that's okay yeah. um the company that invented, like, I learned about mochi ice cream, not to sound like a hipster, but I learned about mochi ice cream about a good 15 years before it became popular because he went to Little Tokyo and went to the shop that invented it. And uh, the Cantor's Deli episode, Pink's Hot Dogs, 
And, you know, we visited these, oh, Philippe's. Uh, we visited these places because of Huel Hauser. We saw Huel went there, great. so we tried it out. We even ran, and I ran into him once at Philippe's. It was crazy. Oh, was he cool? Was he cool? Oh, super cool. Super cool. That's Such a swell great. guy. He signed a postcard for my mom because she wasn't with us. <sighs> That's awesome. See, there you go. Yeah. I love it when you've met the person and they're still, they're mm -hmm. still cool. You know, because yep. like they, they would say like, oh, don't meet your heroes. Because like, they, you know, you don't want to, you don't want that perfect, like I know, I've talked about it on the show, how much I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't know if I'd be happy if I met him because I know that he's, he's, he's deeply problematic, right. but like, I can't, I love him so much. And it's just like, okay, oh, I'm going to exactly. keep this perfect, this perfect kindergarten cop-esque thing in my head of that's who he actually is, is, is. Is kindergarten mm -hmm. cop. <laughs> That's so funny. The we did we used to do the same thing. Is it, we would look in the town to see if uh, Guy Fieri had been to there for diners, drive-ins, and dives. Because yeah. it's like we love Guy. Like people make fun of Guy. Guy is amazing because he spends yeah. his life giving free publicity to places that probably wouldn't have made it without that type of publicity. That's what he does That's, with with, with his job. And that's what Hugh Hauser does. It's that's true. what all these guys do, like him yeah. and Andrew Zimmern. And and Hugh is, of course, not as as food oriented. Yeah, Hugh's not as I, sorry because that's that was that was gonna be <laughs> that was gonna be my next point is that you know diners, drivers, and dash, great. You know, if you want to find if you want to find good food around the country, it's a good way to do it. You can do that with Hugh when it comes to California. But then there's then there's just other genres of episodes. I, I just titled this list oddities. So just the quirky <laughs> fun things in the neighborhood. So um, he went to a lowrider convention one episode. That was amazing. Uh, let's see here. He does a great uh, episode on the the history of cemeteries in San Francisco because there wasn't any room in the city. So they dug up all the cemeteries and used the used the headstones as breakwaters in places and things like that. Jeez, um, that's crazy. Yeah. And you learn so you you learn stuff like that through Huel, but then there's just goofy stuff like one of my okay family all time favorite episodes. I don't even know if this is really the title, but if you Google Persimmon Lady, Huel Hauser <laughs> Persimmon Lady, it is the most surreal spectacle I saw when I was ten years old. He he goes to this woman's house in L.A. And she just has a giant persimmon tree in her backyard. And three generations of this family just tend to this giant persimmon tree. And I'm sure they're all lovely people, but they're all kind of creepy because they're way too obsessed about all these persimmons. And he goes, and you can see Huel getting a little uncomfortable with how much they're talking about persimmons, you know? And they're just droning on. There's a, oh, and the last, oh, sorry, last one too. I, I got to mention this. Dighty Diapers. So he goes to this, he goes to the plant for this diaper service in LA. I don't know if it exists anymore, but at the time there was this diaper service from the thirties that would deliver cloth diapers to families and then collect the dirty diapers to wash and return, you know, and he goes to their plants and he's just thrilled with how big these washing machines are and how many diapers can be washed in this washing machine. I mean, it's a service. It's a service. And he's just tickled. Huel's tickled pink about it the whole time. He can't not be himself at any given moment. 
and he's just genuine and, and sweet as pie constantly. Man, so what's up? What's another place outside of Southern California that you visited because of Huel? Like, what's one of those places? I honestly hate to say this because when it just came to family trips, we we didn't like to drive too far. So there was lots of there was lots of L.A. But <laughs> well, I mean, after you became after you became an adult, did you still continue that as an, ad, as adventure? an adult? Yeah. Well, he's got he's got great episode. Okay, so uh, about two years ago, I took. I took a class about, uh, it was a class for work, you know, to help me, but uh, it was on the geology of Yosemite. And I was hiking through Yosemite with some people and the, the teacher was also a Huell Hauser fan. And we made sure to stop at all the places that he had mentioned. You know, there's a great episode where he talks about the firefall at Yosemite which was this tourist thing where they used to build a big bonfire and push it off the edge of, I think, El Capitan or something like that. But, oh, the Calico mine trains, too, on the way out to Las Vegas. I did that because of Huel. Just really so much. Mono Lake, same thing. Now, does does Marty, does Marty share your, Marty's Nathan's boyfriend. The, does Marty share your love of Huel, too? Or, like, what, did he know who he was beforehand? And, like, was... Like, or did you like introduce him to him or, or what? I had to, I had to introduce Huel to Marty. And, oh, um, that's so fun though. Like that's a whole new yeah, audience, it, you know, that's exciting. It's fun. You know? Yeah. Pre- spreading, spreading the word of Huel is very exciting. I mean, uh, he likes it. I think he likes it because he likes me, but right. <laughs> for the most, that's the truth. For the most right. part, but. That's the truth. But um, he has, a, you know, he has a lot of, uh, he, he enjoys it. It's a lot of fun to watch. Sometimes it's just funny, you know? Right. Sometimes things go wrong on camera and he's still smiling and talking to people and they keep going. <laughs> That's know? so good. Um, I, it's, when getting a partner, of course, like you, when you, when you find your partner, like you, you know, usually cause you have some common interests, but like. There's those nuggets that you feel are like only you that like only your uh-huh. family has. Like for like for me, of course, it's like Mesa, like music. Like Elise, just gosh, like she knew no bands. It was nuts. It really was. Like she talks about it. She says like I would not have known music until we started dating. And then mm-hmm. for me with her and her family, like I they I don't know if you know this about them. Their family loves the movie Three Amigos more than any other family on the face of the earth. Like that's I they did not quote, know that. Yeah, they quote Three Amigos all the time. Like there'll just be some times that her dad will just say a random thing and you just like I have now known like oh, okay that has to be a quote from Three Amigos that's so <laughs> random. And not like the famous, you know, they're not like the famous cuz I've seen Three Amigos. Like it's not like the famous ones. Right, it's yeah. a sweater like you have a plethora. Like yeah. we went to his house for breakfast. For, for we went to their house for for a barbecue, and and he he had on a shirt that said plethora of pinatas. That was his shirt <laughs> he had on. So anyway, that type of that's so. Well, I'm glad Marty likes it. Then that's that's good. That's good. But uh, he does. It's, he does. Yeah, that's good. He introduced me to Barada. I introduced him to Hulhauser. We called it even. <laughs> <laughs> What's Barada? I don't know Barada. What is that? Oh, sorry. Bur- so Barada, my so my boyfriend is also just really into fancy foods. So Barada right. is a form of mozzarella that has a creamy center. Oh, 
Okay, oh, I have heard of that now. it's better than regular mozzarella. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm not a massive mozzarella fan. So like, this will be better. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it might be a little too much. Yeah, because like soft cheese. Because like, mozza is mozzarella a soft cheese? Does it count as a soft so, yeah. cheese? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I mean, now I, I need a lease on for this one. She's she's the the cheese expert. I should. They have a name. I know cheese. Oh, cheesemongers, right? In that isn't that what it? There uh, we go. Yeah. Yeah, cheesemonger. Yeah, there you go. And I'm sure if you Googled cheesemonger Hugh Hauser, there'd be an episode. <laughs> You know what? Let's let's do that right now. We, we hey everybody on air <laughs> right now. Hulhauser cheese. Let's see here. Hulhauser cheese. Okay, this is fun. Visiting with Hulhauser mozzarella. Yep. There's there's an. <laughs> I told you. There's yeah. I mean, like it is. Visiting with Hulhauser mozzarella. Okay, there you go. It is 27 minutes yep. long. Okay, well, I mean, that's probably the first one that'll go to. So, like, for, yeah. for, so you're saying that if anybody wants to watch this, just go on, Google it. There is no, like, whatever, which one ever looks good to you, watch it, basically. That's, that's what exactly. it is. Okay. Shop around. Start with, you know, start with things that, if you're a Californian or, you know, if you know of, if you've been to someplace in California, see if Huel did an episode of that because he probably did and that's a good way to start and um, it'll it'll if it catches for you it'll snowball from there and see, um, I like that he's done it all or he did it all you know what we should do Nate is I sh we should do an outdoor hmm. movie night we'll do an outdoor movie night we'll watch some Huel I would 100% be down with that yeah that sounds fun we'll we'll, we'll, we'll pencil it in we'll pencil yeah. it in Oh man. Okay. Well, let's let's. I'll, I'll give you this chance. Do do another Huel nugget, and then and then I have to get off so I can just go watch a lot of Huel Hauser, and then right. then watch Doogie then watch Doogie Hauser MD, his son, <laughs> his <laughs> his his child prodigy son. Um, right. So if you want if you want if you want to see somebody continue to do their job under pressure with grace and a smile you should you should look up bag uh, Hauser Baghdad Cafe what and happens? well so he goes to this place called the Baghdad Cafe and um it's it's famous for some reason it was in a movie or something and it's just a diner in the desert somewhere and he walks in and basically nothing was prepared so the person who owns it who was supposed to be there to interview wasn't there nobody's expecting him the handful of people who are there are not regulars they've just wandered in from the street except for <laughs> one person who except for one person who drops an f-bomb on public television claiming to be oh. the general who you know may or may not be 100 there and he'll goes right up to him he's like well hi how are you doing tell me about the baghdad cafe and when the guy starts to go a little crazy, he'll goes, oh, that's nice. And then spends the rest of the clip trying to ignore him as he's yelling in the restaurant and just talking on the phone with the owner and explaining to the camera. What oh, my gosh. Like, that is it's... that is guerrilla. That is gonzo journalism at its finest. That is impressive. It really is. It really is. Okay, he well, just, that one just moved just up to my... Going top of the queue that moved up to the top of the queue then it was going to yeah. be mozzarella now it's going to be baghdad cafe 
Yeah. Well, and he, <laughs> oh he covers he covers all the hot spots of Bakersfield too. So Dewar's Crystal Palace, uh, Wool Growers. He's got an ep- the Wool Growers episode is actually one of my favorites. But he's got them all. Man, Wool Growers is such a such a staple here. It is so mm-hmm. funny because like when you're from a certain town. Like everybody has their thing, and so one of uh, which is very apt for the show. But like, whenever Elise wants to send up somebody something that's Bakersfield specific, it always is. What do you think it is? What is it that she sends? Uh, like as, as a Bakersfield dude, she sends the Wars shoes. So yeah. like every time, and no one's ever complained because those things are delicious. Like we known for a lot yeah. of different things, but like if you want to just send someone a gift, like that's what you send them some Dewar's shoes. I don't think we ever talked about it on air. They're like it's like a taffy. It's a very soft taffy, but it's mm-hmm. got almost a, a banana ish flavor to it. It's probably vanilla. It's probably the most mm-hmm. thing to it. But it's usually the the originals right. are filled with um, a, like a peanut butter type uh, mixture. Um, and it's mm-hmm. they're absolutely delicious, and they and they've uh, since like they make like peppermint, right? They make some caramel ones. They've mm-hmm. made uh, I think they've done a pumpkin one during Halloween. Maybe like a pumpkin flavor. Yeah, one. I saw that one year. Yeah. Yeah, but like and I'm an original ship, guy. They ship internationally too, but oh yeah, me yeah. too. Peanut butter all the way. Yeah, yeah peanut butter cheese. Yeah. But they're so good. But uh, so that's good. I'm glad I did Dewar's. And then one of the things, and this is going to be very Bakersfield centric too. So anytime you guys, if anyone ever comes visits us, like I'm either you're going to get taken into Dewar's or you're going to get taken to Rosemary's. And those are the two yes. like local ice cream shops. And what's so funny is as Elise grew up a Dewar's person and then I grew up as a Rosemary's person. So they're both mm-hmm. ice cream shops. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know which one's better. They really are just both fantastic ice cream shops. And um, really anyway, are. I don't know. Yeah, where, what were you? Were you Dewar's or were you Rosemary's or both? You know, I think I probably ate more Rosemary's over the course of my life, but I preferred Dewar's. I don't know. That's it just so depended on who was taking me. My grandma always took me to Rosemary's. <laughs> oh, see, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's funny. Nobody else is liking this episode right now except for people. Not at all. Because... Not at all. It's terrible. <laughs> But no, okay. So, uh, so hey, tell us what your city is known for, and this especially if you're Californians, of course. But like, what's your city? If you were gonna, this is what I want to know from people. If you were gonna send something from your city to somebody, what would you send? That's a really good question. Yeah. So I hope that gets answered. Yeah. No, that's anyway. a great question. Well, man, Nate, this is like you, you did it, man. You done did it. You made a fan. You made a new fan of Huel Hauser, and he is not Rick Steves. You are absolutely right. Good job. You were you were one hundred percent correct. Hey, I told you. You did it. You, you fought it. me on it too. I know I did. Yeah. All right. So this episode may be coming to an end, but the work is just beginning. My buddy Nate has given us the TV guide to become fans of Huel Hauser. And for the response edition of this episode, Elise and I will spend the week taking as much of Nate's advice as we can fit in. And uh, we'll report back to you uh, on how it all went. In the meantime, I hope you'll try his advice too. Or if you can add more to the conversation with your own expertise, please do so. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at like two like things. That's the number two, like two like things. You can also leave a message on the like line, 661-279-0130. Or via email at I like the like things podcast at gmail.com. 
and we'll read or play uh, messages on that episode too if they're positive. Now, obviously, this is kind of a guy that inspires positivity, um, so I don't think we're going to have to have the worry about toxic Huel fandom. <laughs> but let's uh, no. let's keep it positive. Now, if you'd like to be on the show or you have a friend that wants to share, contact us using the same channels. You can also support us via Patreon, patreon.com slash I like to like things. Uh, so, Nate, do you want to share your social media? Usually people are plugging a show, but uh, you are showless. I'm sure that I'm sure that if you Facebooked Nate Bowles, you might find something. <laughs> I exist. Support, support my existence by acknowledging it. There we go. <laughs> Uh, but, Bud, thanks for coming on the show. This was great. Uh, I always love spending yeah, time with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And, but, yeah, man, thank you so much. I hope you I hope you had a good time, too. I hope it was everything you hoped it would be and more. <laughs> uh, dream of a lifetime. Are you kidding me? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, okay, so I will see you all next week when the mission is accomplished. And remember, we can make the world a little brighter, a little friendlier, and a little more enjoyable by liking a few more things.